I landed at the Flavio Airport like, like an hour ago. And I got off the plane. They called me to check with some motherfucking weed, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, man. I'm trying to figure out an escape plan. I'm like, man, we're gonna get this shit today, boy. We gotta make it to fade in the motherfucking park, yeah? Chopping it up with the motherfucking TSA guy. I'm talking to him like, yo, man, I gotta go serve these motherfucking kids out here tonight for this motherfucking stage. If you can get my man Tucker out the motherfucking shit, please, I will love you for motherfucking ever. And that beautiful motherfucker at that Vancouver motherfucking station, let my nigga Tucker go so Vancouver makes some noise! If y'all see this white boy with a camera, that's Tucker. Yes, I sat down with the crazy white boy that Travis Scott is now talking about. Um, one of my oldest friends, Tucker Tripp, finally got to sit down with him. Um, we run into each other. He's one of those people that I have uh, still as a friend, and I always check in with him from time to time since he's um, kind of all over the place. But we always catch up, and I'm really excited that I got to sit down with him and talk to him about his career path because that's something that we've never really touched on. I've only been able to talk to him like when he's out doing stuff but it's never something I've gone into detail with and he's actually never gone into detail about it either so this was as much just a conversation for the two of us kind of reconnecting as friends or not even necessarily reconnecting but just kind of catching up and um, talking about the things that we've gotten to do and mostly him uh, and it's a really interesting it obviously you can see that it's a very long conversation it's just um, he's never gotten to really talk or uh, I shouldn't say had the chance to, but he's just never had someone listen to him or given him the platform to talk about his interactions or his projects or or the likes. So I uh, I finally got to sit down with him. Um, bear in mind that the audio is kind of... Uh, there are a couple parts where it gets a little crazy, um, mostly because he's uh, in New Smyrna Beach on the beach side, and as you can imagine with the hurricane coming in, you know, it's hit or miss with the weather and sometimes it causes some issues so uh bear in mind with that just stick through it um i did the best i could uh and like i said it's a long interview but if you're interested in how the inner workings of hollywood work and also you know what happens on these big production tours uh then this is kind of the conversation for you um especially if you're trying to be a creative or any sort of director or creator uh this might be really interesting to get an insight into that industry um and so, without further ado, here's my good friend Tucker Tripp. So, uh, I'm here with Tucker, Tucker Tripp, very, very old friend of mine. Um, and, well, I won't spoil anything, but just go into uh, what you do, Tuck. Um, I do video directing and cinematography and uh, different visual arts and um, just... Uh, Right now, I'm, I'm getting my captain's license for fishing as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So are you going to be home-based in New Smyrna from now on? Um, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, no one really knows what the fuck's going on for a little bit. But I mean, also, you know, like, bailed out of the, of the, uh, the industry um, yeah. in, like, uh, about February. Mm -hmm. Where, like, as all the shit was happening. He well, I some, mean. He had some, like... R&R &R and just like um, 
I did, I did like uh, about like seven years of on and off like touring and stuff mm -hmm. uh, from like videography stuff to documentary work. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, took its toll a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I can, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it's, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while because like, obviously we've been friends since what? Oh, five. <laughs> Like probably even before then. Actually, definitely the oldest, probably the oldest friend for sure. Yeah. Besides, um, like Corbin and Noah, but maybe not like a couple months longer. Well, yeah, and that's just because they were in your class. But I've been wanting to sit down with you for a while because obviously, like, it's just funny how everything worked out. Because I think like towards the end, I was like already starting to tour a lot with um with Von Wolf and stuff, and like you started hanging out with us, and then it was like you kind of just. Really got me into like anything uh, like tour related and, and shit. Like, for That's sure. oh, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I was like, well, yeah, know, I was... kid trying to go to the hardcore shows and stuff. And <laughs> you're always I mean, it's like running around. The glass. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy because like I never did anything substantial. I think it was just because the band that I always toured with they could only do weekends, so it was like three days. I think the longest thing I had done was like five or six days. On and then, Von Wolf? Yeah. Right, so. yeah. But I just want to know, because like we've never really gotten to sit down and hash it out about your journey. And I know that like anytime we do catch up, we don't really talk about like that stuff. We always just kind of see how each other is doing. So I just want to, I want to hear from you from basically how you got into it, like, and how it started kind of like, I know with your career, at least from what I've put together is like, it seems like a giant snowball effect. Yeah, that or like kind of like a dumpster fire that's at the top of a hill and it's just like going down. Like, <laughs> um, one of the two. But I got like, I really got started around like, I'd say when like a little bit around when you and me actually met when I was like, uh, fuck do we mean? I was like maybe like 14 or something like that. And I yeah. started like really heavily into um, photography and art and just different stuff like that. I grew up, as you know, like super kind of redneck, like working on a, like my dad's fishing boat and stuff, like getting mullet every morning at like 6am and that kind of stuff. And yeah, just didn't really have like access to like much. So like once I had a, like got my first like rusty computer, I kind of like had access to all sorts of rad shit. And like, I don't know, I got like, I think, um, I met you around then and that's when I, you know, got my first camera and then started shooting a lot. And then I remember you sh showed me how to use like a lot of shit with like DSLR stuff. Mm -hmm. And what was cool about that, learning photography like on a DSLR and like, you know, specifically is like right as I was turning like 17 was when DSLR video technology was like coming out, like yeah. looking decent, you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. First one was like the March two was really like the first dslr camera that was like fucking uh whatever i think you had a 5d or something i had, had the 70 70 yeah yeah bad video and stuff so i was like i think i was trying to like i don't know but uh i started like filming and getting into that kind of stuff but i was mostly just uh always was making like neighborhood like skit videos and just like dumb like surfaces and skate stuff or whatever and then uh started getting like really heavy into music in high school and um i don't really know i i, I like uh i i was trying to do you know i i uh had like a super hard time in school because i'm like have a pretty 
like intense like ADD like yeah like, you're a little shit kid dude like yeah that kind of shit and then like a uh like I had to I don't know um I got like I got kicked out of like my video class and my photo class so shout out to Mr. Kehoe thank you <laughs> I'm the only one who's done video stuff from your class appreciate the spelled from your class thanks brother <laughs> um but yeah basically I like I I uh I just was getting in trouble a lot at school and like not for anything like like mean or violent or anything. I just like couldn't get on. So I found I like found a way to graduate early and stuff and was just like, how the fuck do I like get like out of town? And I don't mean that in a bad way about this town because this, this town is like my home forever and the best. But like, you know, a boy wanted to fucking get out. So I, I uh, like I started like looking at all the people at the time who I felt like were, I don't know, doing interesting stuff or whatever to me were like, you know, when you're in high school, you hit that phase of like, you're reading like Into the Wild and like, yeah, just like that and stuff. And then these guys have this show called The Buried Life on MTV, which was just a bucket list show where they're like, you know, what do you want to do before you die? And the whole show is just them going and crossing shit off their bucket list. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really nice. Like, and then we're also like trying to like help people out along the way and yeah. whatever. I, uh, I um, I reached out to them when I was about 17, and I, I pretended that I was, like, in my 25, which I am now. <laughs> wow, dude, that's – I didn't realize – I didn't know you did that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I fully was like, hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm a, a professional editor, you know, based in uh, around Florida, but, you know, I travel, and I was – this is, like, a full-blown, like – Scam. You know, scam, yeah. And uh, – <laughs> And then, but then they messaged back I'm like, well, you know, we actually just started this um, TV creative company um, where they basically come up with like TV show ideas and mm-hmm. pitch them and whatnot to different networks. And they need someone to make sizzle reels, which is basically where you, um, you know, you take an idea of a show and then you find a way to make a, like a two minute long pitch video for it. So you find videos on the internet. And my whole thing that like kind of broke me into there were like, whoa, this guy's great is I went on Fiverr.com, which I recommend to like fucking everyone. You can get anything for five bucks. And mm-hmm. I found like a narrator on there. It's like, you know, one of those in a world like guys. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm on Fiverr, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I sent the guy like the little script for the TV show premise and I just had someone read it professionally. And then I kind of was like at the time experimenting with video editing ways to like um, make really chopped up videos on youtube like look better so you remember like you know you can only like go up to 720p max on youtube in like 20 beginning which is when this was going on probably uh-huh. and uh um and so i would like find ways to you know upscale the footage and color correct everything so it'd be like kind of all be matched and then i'd add a grain to it and i added the narration bit and they're like whoa this is fucking oh, next cool. level yeah so, like this works and i was like cool and it's fun because I was also someone that was like fucking um, just like like spitting out a, a annoying the shit out of them every day with like a ton of ideas and just even like I'm like come on let's do a TV show like this <laughs> <laughs> and then finally they're like oh you know and I was I you know once I got like I did a couple of videos with them and stuff then I kind of said okay guys like here's the deal I'm 17 years old and I like live <laughs> I live <laughs> I live in a swamp in Florida, like <laughs> with my parents. Yeah. And I'm like expelled from all my art classes and I'm like just trying to graduate early. And they're like, oh well shit, you wanna come out here this summer to Venice Beach? I was like, 
yeah sure fuck yeah <laughs> now, and this is how like what a kind of dumb kid i was i didn't like know that venice beach was in los angeles even right i knew in california and like they booked the ticket and shit and i was like flown to uh you know i came in and was like i don't know it just took me a minute to like realize what i was actually stepping into right and, uh you know i i got you know i got there and like they had a sick office and then i the youngest um of the crew is also he's this guy named johnny Penn who's um Johnny, if you're watching this, I love you, brother. He's, <laughs> he's like literally a. He's one of the main creators on there. He's like super guy. He's he, but he ended up leaving pretty shortly after this. Now he is a professor at like Cambridge or something for artificial intelligence technology and its effect on pop culture. I think something like that is his class name. He's like a the lead. Like Dude, that's insane. Like next level guy. And so this guy, um, you know, I moved into his bedroom at, you know, I just turned 18 like a week before. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were just chilling, just working on ideas every day. He's kind of like showing me the ways of the world a little bit. And right. Just like, you know, I don't know, just, just talking about, you know, I felt like pretty uh, suppressed or something like mentally for a while. I just felt like I didn't really have much, like, I don't know, like, I never really talked about most of the things that I thought about before. So it says like when I moved out there, I was finally like, felt like when your thing. ideas. Yeah. I mean, getting your ideas out there, I feel like it's a huge deal. Yeah. And I, so I, we, you know, had a, had an office there that I check into and, um, you know, just would kind of make these like little edit reels every day. Um, we had one show go on that I worked pretty hard on called greatest party stories, which ended up being like an MTV show um oh, i remember that yeah i didn't know you had a hand in that yeah and then uh yeah i was there for like a little a little bit and then i it, it would i ended up coming home like after like a month or two out there and i was like sitting here i think in this exact spot and i was just like well you know fuck what do i do what do i do with my life do i like do i go like launch in i don't while i was out there i discovered that like I don't like working behind a computer. I love those dudes. And, you know, I met like a lot of rad people while I was doing that, but I just was like, I don't, I can't be behind just sitting behind a computer doing right. work like stuff. It just, I wanted to be behind the camera and just working with ideas like fluidly and stuff. And I was sitting here and I was like, well, fuck. I had like this like panic attack and shit. I had just gone off. Like, um, I had, uh, yeah, I just, I, I jumped in my car and, um, like just drove across the country in like two days and then just like landed there and then i called like a couple people that i knew there uh-huh. and i was like you know there's this one younger director named um marcus haney who i had met out at some like um some i don't know just around venice and stuff it's kind of like a small chill group of dudes or mm-hmm. like people out there that um i don't know at the time and uh he lived down there and i you know he he was at the time was touring with Mumford and Sons and uh, he has a um, there's a, a documentary on Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros and this whole train tour that they did it's like really fucking awesome um, oh that's crazy like, they did it on a train yeah yeah it's um I think you may have seen it it's like I wish I could I'll let me look at the name really fast because I actually want to give this give credit to it it's a really fucking awesome doc dude that's uh, crazy Edward, 
throw a cutter on that. But um, yeah, it's called uh, Big Easy Express, which was about um, okay. Well, is Mumford Sons, Edward Sharp, Magnetic Zeros, um, and um, uh, the band that does Wagon Wheel cover. They're like a really sick group of dudes. Um, but anyways, these. Uh, but Marcus, my my friend, was uh, he he had just kind of was in a similar like. I don't know, like people compare it to like the almost famous situation where it's like, you know, you're like a young kid and you get thrown on the tour and, and looped around. And, yeah. you know, I was kind of on the cusp of that happening to me, I guess. I didn't know this at the time. But like uh, it basically he he just gotten off tour and um, was found his way on onto there. He dropped out of college and was um, you should actually do an episode with him for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put me in contact with him. And up, I would I'd love to. He ended up. Um, there's like an MTV doc uh, film that actually came out on the guy called um, No Cameras Allowed, which is about him sneaking into music festivals and like, whatever. I thought this was badass, like a dude who like filming shit and was just wanted to do his own thing. Do it. And I think that's like half of it is just like, you said, want to get out and just fucking go and right. see shit. And like, that's half of it is just you want to travel. You want to like meet, just, just talk with interesting people and just hear good music, fucking dance and jump around and make good artwork and whatever. And I thought that I felt like he kind of, you know, like he's one of the only dudes I knew that toured and I called him and he's like, yeah, you want to come move it onto my couch? I was like, yeah. He's like, just pulled up. <laughs> like, you know, I just kind of drove in like raw dog. To LA. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Um, sorry, hold on. Put my phone airplane mode. Um, but, uh, I got there and, uh, yeah, he, he had a bunch of, like, I kind of, some of the work I'd do for him would be like, I, he had a film developing room in his little, uh, oh, wow. kind of like attic room in, in Venice. It was like right on the beach off of Abbott Kinney, which if you've ever been over there, it's like, just kind of yeah. like, fucking, well, I've seen a Christian and over there. Oh, yeah. God. So he, he's got a cool pad like over by there, but it's nice. It's like stone throw of the beach and, um. I don't know, I was 18, like, covered in acne and just, like, wanted to, like, get better at cameras. So I was like, this is fucking sick. So I started kind of, like, um, I don't know, just, like, hanging out there a bunch and developing film and just, just also just, like, I don't know, we just try to make random shit together. And I yeah. um, did some, I do some, like, some editing stuff. But I'm, like, to be honest, like, really, like, a fucking really really bad to like um person hire like edit stuff and that kind of shit because like one i'm like so space cadet mode and like just slow and like will piss you off and like it'll just get in the way of like all like the good like i've i've over the years have like learned this about myself so i just kind of make sure i you know professionally try to like uh I don't know. How be a little more like well put together, or like kind of have a just on my own, hundred percent. Because I feel like I just don't. I I don't know. It, this part doesn't fucking matter. But basically, I uh, end up meeting like this, like this, um, this like random group of people down the street um, who uh, ended up being one of my good my good friends. Um, it's, it's this guy who runs this production company in Marina Del Rey, and he kind of would have all these really sick-ass parties at his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, I was just kind of a kid. I was always just, like, asleep on the couch and stuff. Like, 
hungover and whatever, just being like an idiot. But like, I had like some good groovy times. Everyone's just like on lots of magic mushrooms and like running around with fucking screen. With cameras and shit. And shit. I, no, not even cameras. This was just like Hanging when out. all like the all the like the local creatives like hub to like just get fucked up really. Yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, but it, I ended up you know, kind of as things weren't working out so much with, uh, you know, Marcus and stuff, uh, as far as like the work relationship went, it, it, uh, I, I went and was like, you know, Hey, you got any jobs that, you know, I want to learn production. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so he's, uh, the one guy who's was like, said, yeah, combine works. So I just kind of like was working on the front counter. Like, um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of just was like, did a couple food runs and stuff, but really yeah. I just was like, just kind of watching. I was like, like walking around, like just staring at people's computers and stuff. So the place was full of like graphic designers and video editors and yeah, so many epic people. There's this movie being made there at the time called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. So it's kind of like yeah. stalking the editing process on that. And then also they're like working on like an Apple campaign on just like when I think emojis were just starting to like really. Wow. So I was like kind of watching these things get birthed and then all of a sudden like a couple weeks into it um you know boom they land uh, the company lands the Miley Cyrus banger tour um and you know this was like a really huge pop culture moment at the time because it's just everyone's huge just like, dude that- we're, still on like the block. we're still in a way like kind of in this, this pre you know pre-2012 like into the world pop culture like exploding um in this whole other you know, self-aware dimension. Right. Like, there's kind of like a pre-Miley Cyrus, like, coming out, like, being like a motherfucking, like, legendary, like, lunatic and stuff, like, rejecting all, you know, the Disney trash and, like, whatever and stuff, but, like, embracing it and making it, like, funny and, like, also, like, uh, re-appropriating, like, Southern culture into something that was, like, this mishmash posh, like, like this big pot of like honestly everything that i felt like america was boiling to that moment and maybe that's like hyping that whole thing up too much but i genuinely don't think it is i think it's like one of the most geniusly created like iconic moments behind that so i kind of like had this like super uh hardcore like course into um you know how these events and things Kind of come together and where so this the whole production house was filled with um you know a different artist for each um song that was being made like you know oh, for wow. each of the tour so like she um with the it, the tour was directed by this incredible um this incredible woman named um diane martell and so she spent all the 90s making like wu-tang clan music videos and like all sorts of uh you know, just like legendary hip hop stuff. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure she's kind of like this, this funny girl from like New York and stuff. And she's, I don't know, she, she, her artwork was fucking awesome. And she, she just made that like a year before made that, that blurred lines video, which isn't like really my cup of tea, oh, but, yeah, yeah. you know, had that big moment for, you know, it was like uh, a thing, but uh, so she was like directing the tour and she's just kind of this incredible, um, psychedelic agent of chaos I think and her and Miley like kind of I feel like had this still have this like really 
beautiful artistic relationship with Mm -hmm. another and they uh, brought in all these like net artists and around like 20 this was beginning of 2014 at this point I forgot to preface but like most of the stuff from the I was talking about was from like 2013 because that's the year I graduated high school so yeah you know Miley stuff starts in like January 2014 and um basically like they there's a really cool new wave of art kind of going on on Tumblr. I had this like my own Tumblr at the time called the floppy disc where I just, it was like a lot of net art and like, you know, vaporwave style stuff. And like, I don't know, just that, that kind of like new wave of like lo-fi or something. Yeah. Or something like that. And they kind of infused that into all of these like super massive, like pop hits, which I was just was watching. Like, this is fucking cool. And, uh, so that Jeffrey Lillimon, who's like this great, really cool artist doing like one of the parts, um, if you're into like net art and stuff, like Google and, and, uh, and then a few others and just different production houses, but it just kind of blew my mind, you know, being like completely butt naked to tours besides the stuff that you used to go to and like uh, high school where, you know, you'd go down to the local church, which they'd like rent out for the night and everyone would just be kicking the shit out of each other. To, like, right, exactly. Like, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like all it's kind of like a weird i don't know like it's just like a culture shock really and um you know i was watching this for like a month and i kind of i went to the had a, you know i went just to the boss of the company who said like hey can i start documenting this i've got my own like camera and then like, yeah this is kind of what i do and or it was what i was saying what i did you know you gotta like just say you are something until dude like, you fake it till you make it man and uh like you know started filming the process and in that way that was really like i feel like the birth of me just starting to film stuff a lot again and yeah. i was really just super into photography before then but it got me kind of like filming was always just like a conduit for me just wanting to like learn things and stuff and that's um like i just kind of with having the camera in front of me i was able to actually just like sit and just like kind of watch that's yeah really cool artistic processes and I don't know, just trying to like learn it because you know I wasn't college, I was eighteen, and like just didn't even know my ass from my hand. So it just was a cool way to see shit. And then um, there's the first rehearsal came, and um, uh, I, you know, I just once again just I feel like one reoccurring theme with like anything in my story is like you just gotta fucking ask. You just ask or just go and do it and then ask for forgiveness later but you just gotta like fucking completely inject your stuff into stuff and i i don't know like just ask and usually people like when you're face to face won't be like you know fuck you kid or you know they will sometimes i've had like a ton of that but you know, i went and i said ask hey can i come just film the rehearsal and you know see this whole thing come together because so i just told him like i really want to i gotta see this and he just said mm-hmm. so he let me go so i filmed the rehearsal and then um kind of just like just started shooting a lot of stuff and then I uh then you know I came back and showed him the footage like this is great you know let's make a documentary for our production house of like the process of us making this so we can show you know get new clients and be like this is what the service we offer right like you know so then um the first show happens and he um he says listen kid do you want to like do you want to uh, we, we just had like a production person drop out and we need someone to drive um, this like big ass like 
van of equipment and shit, like one like a big ass shuttle bus all the way through Van uh, into Seattle and then into Vancouver. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So then I just, <laughs> then right next thing you know, I'm like, dri- I'm driving, like I'm in a car with like fucking a million dollars worth of equipment, no like trucker license whatsoever, and I'm or insurance. And off the books and, and driving like a million dollars of like equipment that like has to make it to the show or like the whole production through. Right. It's like, whoa, this is weird. I'm sitting there like chain smoking, like just like drinking <laughs> coffee. I'm like, I'm gonna get it there in time. And then uh and then it just starts snowing like crazy and the band's like fucking like, <laughs> like oh my god. And uh I kind of crash landed up there and made it in time. And then for the show, like I got there like pretty like just right before the show and then i um they gave me a press pass so i could like get the shit in and out yeah and and then i like took it i was like oh shit like uh says media so i i grabbed my camera and i started filming miley's like opening show banger store and it was like it's awesome to see like all that shit come together and um uh yeah I i just filmed everything ran around and stuff it's like a you know big ass stadium and stuff so i was just yeah. like I was like, I don't know, like, this was, like, a very, like, mind-exploding moment where I was like, holy fucking, like, just you had, running around. Right, free range. you found out like the power way. of a media pass in a stadium. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it was, it was sick, and it was funny, and I, you know, I, I just, I don't know, I like the energy of it and stuff, and yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I started, um, just filmed as much as I could and whatever, and then I you know, the next show when I drove stuff out, I kind of, you know, I put like, I, you know, I didn't sleep the night I was supposed to on like the drive. So I just edited and put together like the footage. And then I just kind of bumped, like when we got to the next place and I unloaded some stuff, I, I just, just kind of bum rushed Diane Martel, the tour director. And, um, and was just like, Hey, like, look at this. Like I filmed this, like, don't kill me. <laughs> and I just, hand, I just like hear the computer like it's a bomb and I'm just like this is a jump back and I'm just like right. and she's like oh that? she's like this is fucking great yeah 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 it's cool and I was like okay she's kind of like super energetic New York yeah. and uh, and then she invited me to film for like you know a, you know for the next few shows and stuff and then I I did and just started filming everything and like learning the ropes she was giving me tips and like kind of you know, that I was like, uh, you, you know, I think at the time I was like, I'm like a late bloomer. So I, uh, as I say, so like at 18, I, I was about like, I don't know. I was like super fucking short and uh, had like my face covered in acne and stuff. So like, I look like a, probably like a 14 year old and stuff. And I was like, I was just coming straight off of the river, like yeah. into like the top tier of like, of showbiz for like musicians and shit yeah so like i was like i will say that there there are like a lot of the artists and production houses and stuff which are like the realest people that work in like this business were like they kind of gave me like some tips and stuff along the way or like would they kind of like held my hand through some of the stuff and like yeah um you know, if I started spazzing out or like doing something that wasn't like super cool, you know, they would like, bring you in. You know, you wanted to. So I, you know, I got some like good tips and stuff along the way. I, I guess with those folks. Um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, I yeah, because I remember you coming back 
at some time and you kind of told me you were like, I asked you like how you were doing. And I remember you telling me about the Miley Cyrus thing because you were filming stuff you weren't supposed to. And you kind of just were like, well, I did it, but this is what it looks like. And it came out, you know, it worked in your favor. So that's pretty awesome. But you worked with Miley Cyrus and then who, what have been, or who have been your clients ever since then? Like what, what artists have you worked with? Um, well, so from, from there, it was like, hold on. Maybe like two seconds to reduce. <laughs> I haven't also thought about this shit in like forever. Uh, yeah. Which I'm like happy to be like, this is just friend to friend. I, uh, I'm like really happy to like be like kind of running through some shit. Um, today because I kind of like I don't know like I bury all that shit so far back it feels like crazy to think about it and talk about it <laughs> yeah it's, it's fun to think about and talk talk about it that's why I'm excited uh, so after uh, the whole the whole Miley run and stuff I uh, I you know I got back to the production house kind of hand off the footage and it turned it into um, these uh, Europe tours and uh, commercials and stuff for the next stint of it and whatever. And I, um, I just found myself like super empty and blank just sitting back there and like, you know, my little, my little shack that I was yeah. living in. I was like living on, like on a couch at the time or something and like in my car sometimes in my forerunner, which I miss that fucking thing. Um, oh dude, the forerunner. Yeah. I miss that. Oh, do, do you remember one time when we were, we were driving down uh, Flagler Avenue in that thing when I was like 16 and some, some kid thought we were yelling at him and he ran up to the back with like a brick and Colton's in the back just like yeah. screaming his head Dude, oh, that was – the funniest part about that was I was so mad that I didn't say a word and Colton was sitting in the back. But the worst part was your back window because the forerunner's windows would be down. So his back, your back window was just completely down. And I don't know how I stayed so calm in that because the guy, it was a cinder block and he just booked it and you drove into the wrong side of traffic because he was what, like he had to have been six feet away from the back of the truck. Yeah. He's fucking pissed. (laughs) And I was, I was mad because like, I was like the oldest person in the car and it was like me, you, Corbin, Colton, I think Ryan Seven was in there. And it was just Nate. like all of us. Yeah, Nate. And I was like, well, this is it. Because like, if this happens, I'm going to get in so much shit and I'm going to like have to lose it on this dude. And I was just like, and you drove, you ran through a, a one-way stop into the middle of Flagler, which in New Smyrna is like the downtown. So every night it's always just packed full of people. And somehow we didn't get into an accident. I don't, I don't know how it worked. So how we never got into an accident. Well, yeah. Because, like, we used to, for those listening, me and Burns and uh, the Lyles brothers down the street and Noah, so we would, uh, we would, there's this tree that was down the street from our house and um, had all these uh, little plums on it. So we would go and raid the tree with and get just bags and bags of it and we'd hide in the woods and we were just, like, fucking destroy cars with it but like just the biggest redneck trucks and shit around here right and guys yeah, would get, the and like chase yeah. through the woods and into the river and like, yeah. yeah that was a good it was basically like we basically did that all the time so if the nsbpd is listening to this i guess this is our confession <laughs> they fucking hate me. I don't <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah. So decent. Still, it just started raining, and I'm on my back porch. I'm gonna go inside in a second. Yeah, you can you hear me fine. Yeah, it's it's not bad. But um, yeah. Well, After, uh, you what? No, I go for it. No, I was just say like, I remember you doing the Miley Cyrus tour, and then what was like? Was it the was the Travis Scott thing the next big thing that you did, or was there something between? Uh, that was a little bit down the line. So I um. You know, I, after getting back from the from Miley Torch stuff, I, I, uh, I, I think I, I was so bored. I was like so bored out there by not touring and stuff. I came home to visit, and um, I went to uh, Bonnaroo, which at the yeah. time was just like I went the year before, and it just like this was before I had moved out or anything like around around that time. Right. And it just like, blew my fucking mind because it, it was. I feel like. Bonner 2012 was last year that a music festival like didn't have just all cell phones in the air. Like, no one had their phones out there. Yeah. Everyone was like, you know, tripping on something and just running around in their underpants, like jamming out. And I'm a, like my favorite band probably is still to this day is like animal collective. Uh-huh. And uh, they did a, uh, they did all like a mashup uh, live of like strawberry jam and um, Miss Meriwether's post pavilion. And I just I uh, I took MDMA for the first time and like my head was just like exploding and was sick out of <laughs> so body I was, experience. I was like itching for uh, like uh, just an experience with like friends and stuff because I was just around yeah. all this like old oh half the fuckers in like in Hollywood and around the area like you know all have like weird little pervy intentions behind their eyes mm-hmm. and you know you got to just sift through that in a way. I'm happy that, you know, a side note, that's just kind of going down in a big way right now. And like, maybe I'll touch on that a little bit in this interview, yeah. but it's, uh, I was just kind of, you know, I liked my friends there, but they're all in their twenties already. And I, in like late twenties, thirties shit. And I was yeah. like, fuck, I want to like just hang out with my friends. And so I went with my group of buddies to Bonnaroo and just, kind of like kicked around had a good time i was trying to figure out like what to do with my life a little bit while uh-huh. i was there and if i should go back in and then while i was out there i got a call from um uh uh a woman who was the manager of um buried life in that company that um was making tv shows with them she kind of like helped manage operations she had just moved over to scooter braun productions mm-hmm. which um is Justin Bieber's manager and like Ariana yes. Grande. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. Clients. He's ended up taking up Kanye and all that stuff. So I get a call from her. She's like, what are you up to? And da da da. And I filled her in. She's like, wow, that's fucking cool. She's like, I've moved over here. And I was like, well, are you guys looking for, you know, anyone? Because I, I, I just want to work with cameras and I don't want to work in a production house. It's like yeah. trying to, like, you know, do physical tasks, like get food and that kind of shit. So, yeah. um, it felt like I learned my lessons there. Like I'm the type of person that like it, you know, once I like feel like I understand something, I just completely just like break my life in half and then start something else. Um, you know, in the hopes that like whatever place I'll arrive at will kind of like give me some sort of like um, understanding or peace Yeah. on this planet. But um, I was like, fuck it. Oh, uh, she's like, you know, we will, she's like, I, you know, I, we need a content coordinator here, but basically that would just mean like you're, you'd be like make it, 
you know, scattered content for their big roster of artists. They just took on a bunch of new managers, a bunch of new artists, and they're trying to expand from just the Bieber mania, which right. was like the most successful thing, probably besides the Miley operation of like the 2010s. And um, so I was like, fuck yeah, you know, I'll come work for the man for a little bit. And um, got in there and was just like cranking out, you know, really cheap, just some like, my I had them just make like really cheesy stuff like not I don't know just at the time it just felt like it just wasn't where my head was at so I'm still right. like through all this I'm, I'm like still like kind of just feel like a little punk rascal and shit like I was just going to like starting to also at that time tap into like East LA punk scene and all that stuff so I felt like I was living this double life where I was like going into um you know make Check out this Saturday, you know, Madison Beer drops <laughs> drops a cover song of the Doodle Bops. It's like, you know, it's like, and then I was like, you know, at night, just like getting fucked up to like four, like, <laughs> like breaking my teeth. I'd go in there like, hey guys, what's up? So yeah. I'm pretty sure I like scared everyone in the office for whoever's listening in there, if you are. Um, but I, um, was doing that it, it that time was really important for me because i got to i was got to sit down and like learn editing like right. really really like intensely and also how the whole like pop machine like works as a mm-hmm. whole which is like you know something that like to me like now grosses me out like the right whole, the whole thing I'll well, when you got in you were like helping weren't you helping with like the rebrand of Justin Bieber? Like um, kind of like the overall, I worked on some of his stuff. Cause that, that was at the same time where like, like, I feel like this is the period where all the Disney stars went like, like we're ready to like fucking shred and break. Well, yeah, this was like, when he was like kind of spiraling, wasn't it? Yeah. It's spiraling where he's just like, Oh fuck. Like, what am I? Who am I? Right, and like, yeah. uh, you know, kind of having like, honestly, like a moment that I think all like, young of course. Men, yeah and stuff his because of the amount of money and control over his life and like whatever it's like fuck like who knows what you know you do in that situation well i think it was kind of kind of funny because i remember the hidden irony in this for people who don't know you is that we used to like roast you for looking like justin bieber in high school oh it was like it was not and I'm looking, I like really actually just start punching people when they would like say it. So right, nice exactly. Things. It was like, it I was guess, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like so offensive to you. And then I remember I hadn't seen you for a while. And then I think I was, I saw, I ran into you at Clancy's or something kind of unannounced. And um, we like talked about it and you were like, yeah, well, I'm working on this project right now. I'm kind of helping out with this. And I was like, oh, that's really funny because if anyone, would tell you that you look like Justin Bieber, you would basically square up immediately. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how the world works. Well, yeah, I found myself right there in his fucking office somehow and <laughs> um, was like holding on to this job kind of for dear life. You know, I was like literally making, they were paying me like fucking nothing, dude. I was right. doing so much. I was living on a couch next door and, uh, you know, I was doing it for a bit and, I just like the whole thing. I'm just going to speak candidly through this whole thing about like my, cause I am a person now that is like, I've withdrawn from like that industry. Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, 
Bieber's someone who I actually like kind of res- I, I do respect in uh, because like I feel like right now he's actually you know he's I think about to play a decent part in you know um exposing some of these like really long uh, just long-term things that have gone on with like the, I don't know if you know much about like the Pizzagate stuff and like all this all the uh-huh. uh, all the uh, pedophiles being like fucking shoved oh, out. Yes, know, yes, yeah. What's going on recently? Yeah, and it's uh, he's actually kind of like cryptically putting that into his stuff. So I don't even know how the fuck all this is going on. I'm sorry, I don't even oh, wow. over there anymore. But uh, it's uh, maybe I'm going out on a limb with like speculating on that. But basically, you know, it's how it works in the, those offices for like, you know. I feel like the show, your show is like gauged towards people who are like interested in like, you know, video stuff and touring and like Mm -hmm. working with different, you know, artists and going around stuff. And what I will say is if you want to dive into the pop world, it's like, this is what it actually looks like for those artists, or at least at this time, you know, it'd be Monday morning and you go into an office and you've got an entire fucking round table of uh you know people from you know their late 20s into like their 50s all deciding what a teenager is gonna do jesus christ and how to like and what just how to like wrangle him and like control him and shit it's like it's like fucking insane you're like i was sitting there like what like i'd be in the meetings and stuff and i would just see it it'd be like and it just seems so absurd it's like you know, with their, that whole, their whole clientele, it's like six, 16 year olds at the time, like right. couple of them were like 14 and you're sitting there like talking about, you know, controlling this person's life and like the amount of sexualization you can put into it. But like, you know, it always needs to be at the maximum. Right. They're like children, basically. They push the they, limit. They push the limits on it. It's like, you know, it's a tale as old as, you know, Britney Spears, but right. Um, I don't know. It was just, to me, like, everything started feeling like I just, you know, I wanted to tour. I wanted to do stuff, but I just knew I didn't want to be there. I wanted to, like, I was getting more into my artwork and shooting just photos and, like, wanted to focus on that and just, I don't really know. But I, during th- that, my experience there, I met um, um, one of the clients there was Cody Simpson, who's a dear friend of mine to this day. It's, like, one of, like, my, you know, my favorite people, like, ever. And he's, you know, he's... um you know, the time was like kind of coming out of that pop machine where he's like about 17, about to turn 18. And he's kind of on that Bieber track, but it was just like, dude, I, you know, he's not nice Aussie kid, just like surfing and stuff. He's just like, I just want to like make beach music and like hang out and he's just get starting to get, you know, really into like the doors and that kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I was talking with him and he had a tour coming up and I asked them for like a raise and they're just kind of like, fuck you <laughs> so i was like all right guys i'm like i i don't know i, I gotta get out of here yeah and, um so i left and um which i think they're all really happy about i think i was kind of like the one in there it was always just like you know they thought i was a smart ass so i was always like piping up on like piping in on like she were like guys it's kind of fucking weird you know? right <laughs> you know like what if we did it that way and i don't know it's just it was strange but um Um, but Cody was about to go on a, this tour in Europe. I'd never been to Europe before, and I was like, uh, "Fuck yeah! Like yeah, let's mm-hmm. go to Europe. Let's 
uh, let's do it and stuff. And I, I jumped in and, you know, next thing you know, it's a group of uh, really just random and wild dudes on a plane to, um, I think we got to like Sweden or somewhere first. I was like, what the fuck, this is awesome. And we got there <laughs> and uh, we did like the first shows, the sound checks and stuff. And we had a cool like double decker tour bus and stuff. And, yeah. you know, pretty quickly we all like, it's, you know, like when you, when you tour with like a group of people, um, it can go like one of two ways or three ways probably, but like, you know, you, you either kind of immediately are like, okay, we're fucking on a party bus and like, we're just going to shred and have like the most fun possible for like, as long as we can, mm-hmm. or it's like super professional. There's like one or two dudes on there managing that, like, you know, make sure everything's, you know, dirt, dirt in place, or it's like every, or it's a, um, or, you know, it's like, you know, kind of what I'm more into and you're more into, which is like, you know, a group of guys like in a, you know, a band, just like in a van, you're just like riding around playing gigs and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, or it's like a super high level thing. Like my, where everyone's so scattered that you barely even get time to hang out together. And there's like clicks. Yeah. This like full blown. The first night was like, um, we all just got like, just just really really fucked up together after the first show and then immediately we're like oh we're all best friends and we like none of us were like you know uh, it just was cool like it it just gelled quick and that was really cool for me because i was still you know i was like eight still 18 at the time and like um or i think i was just yeah i was 18 when tour started mm-hmm. and um it uh and it was cool because, you know, I was like discovering all this new stuff at the same time. And uh, so was like, so was um, Cody, which was, you know, really neat. He was kind of blossoming like mentally about, you know, just kind of like discovering a lot of stuff. So we just spend every night just like, let's, you know, show him like a ton of different bands. And he just, just is a really awesome guitarist. So just would just be jamming. We all just, mm-hmm. uh, it was like a good fun time. And we just kind of started making our trek around the country and, while doing so it's kind of like one a real like i feel like i'm not giving this tour justice because this was actually like one of the most pivotal moments in my life the whole thing was like a weird coming of age tale because it was just we're just kind of bumming around like each of you know each um corner of europe like every like city in europe and yeah it's like learning fucking everything and uh then we started uh you know i took um we all together on uh, my birthday came about um on like towards the end of tour and um we it was in amsterdam thankfully which was cool so we like bought a bunch of like magic truffles and then like my birthday which was like guys i've never done like magic mushrooms before really and like i want to uh you know whatever so everyone's like yeah all right fine so you know i didn't really calculate what that would mean like getting 15 different dudes from all different walks of life to all be trapped on a bus together on like a twang out <laughs> we'd like loaded up the pizza with them outside the venue and stuff and um then you know then we we're like locked into like a mental asylum oh my like, god like, dude it's just like all like running around like <gasps> like all like reliving our like traumas and like oh fuck ah, what the fuck is all this and like staring out the window screaming and like ah, and then like talking and then once that kind of part of a, you know, psychedelic trip eases up, it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's not always like that. It's right. Like now when I trip, it's like, I'm just, it's pretty peaceful. I'm like, I'm 
keeps tr like grooving and shit. Yeah. But it, it was like interesting. We were just learning our way through it. Like me and Cody and, you know, we started playing music and stuff. It's kind of all like came together. It was like a time. It's an experience. It's shit, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, the next day we were stopped at this gas station and it was pretty like, obviously like mentally drained we got out to like i got out to like go pee while like the bus was like having a part worked on or something uh -huh. and, um i'm literally this is in the middle of like germany or somewhere i don't even know where the fuck we were we're in like the middle of nowhere where no one spoke any english it was like the countryside and um i was just in my boxers like shirtless and no shoes just barefoot or like literally just in my underpants ran into like a random gas station I had straight up florida style back to the bus i run in i pee and then i i'm like look poke around the store a little bit and the lady's like starts yelling at me because i'm in my underpants i didn't know what she's saying and then i i go i get to the parking lot and the bus is just gone <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking just gone it's like completely nowhere in sight i start sprinting down this road there's like all these weird like crops and farms and weird i don't know what the hell it was but i was just like running down this country road in the middle of like europe in my underpants um and the bus was just nowhere so i, I ran back and then i'm like trying to like explain to them like um bus yeah american bus <laughs> um was here big uh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> like so drained i'm like this is like the worst way to like i don't know i was like it was just it's exactly what you probably think it looked like and um uh eventually like they managed to track down through the the auto body shops like log, log. like oh. the plate or something so they had to go back and like track the like plate to the company that rents them and then i don't even know how they figured it out but an hour and a half later i'm sitting there in my underwear it's like drooling sitting on the ground like fucking fuck i fucked it really bad this time um, <laughs> and uh they get the call and then i just hear screaming on the other end and then an hour later the bus comes back and there i am sitting and standing in my underwear in the parking lot so no one noticed you were gone no because everyone's sleeping because we had just gotten so out of our minds the night before they weren't just decompressing in their bunks or like you know probably think i was just like in my little cubby thing and uh they got back and i got you know everyone you know everyone took turns beating me up <laughs> and, uh, then we just booked it to, to the venue and we we're like an hour late and yeah that's not that big a deal yeah whatever it's worth but, the story yeah it's worth the story i guess um but yeah that was it was funny scary moment though i'm like damn it this is how like dudes go missing you get trafficked and shit i'm gonna have to like start gouging out eyeballs from my like toes it's straight it's straight up a plot from hostile yeah no it, like it was the beginning of like a horror film it's like you know young guys on a fun trip and you know <laughs> yeah next thing you know you're like getting your balls removed and your adrenochrome drinking <laughs> Well, so, all right, so you had, you had the Cody Simpson thing, and then is that what led into Travis Scott, or is there something else? Um, yeah, I'll, uh, that, uh, let me think. 
because <laughs> I it actually when I got back I got back from the Europe tour and um I uh I I'd, I'd uh I'm pretty sure pretty soon after that I'd met um met uh Mikey Alfred of the escape company um Illegal Civilization which is a skate crew that runs out of East LA and um we uh I don't know. He, he, when I met him, he was um, really interested in getting into film and like music video stuff. And I was like coming out of like the pop world a little bit, like feeling like pretty just like by it, that I just wanted to like, just hang out with like skaters and people who like more like the people I, we grew up with. And just right. that vibe was just like kicking around, like fucking, you know, not trying to like facilitate like a whole thing. It's just like, we're just, here and you know having a good fucking time and doing mm-hmm. whatever um so you know i, I re- and i really liked his film uh illegal civilization too which is I feel like one of the sickest skate films ever made and uh so we started uh i started working with him for a little bit and or just like we we're just trying to like learn how to do certain things together and making little short films and stuff that kind of we just would throw away or I'm just trying to get good at our craft and stuff. And, uh, you know, um, he, his crew was like super tight and deep in with them, like kind of the whole odd future moment. Uh, that yeah, happened. Yeah. Okay. I remember he came from LA and, uh, you know, which is Tyler creator and, um, that whole crew. And, um, through that I met him and then, uh, I, um, you know, thought it would be cool to just um Tyler someone like super into you know like visual arts and um like fashion and just random stuff and Mikey was someone who's make makes clothes and um that kind of stuff so I thought it'd be cool to put them together so I reached out to um ID Vice which is like a um a site through with Vice that does Mm -hmm. um it's more focused on like I guess fashion-y type stuff sometimes but I pitched them a video series uh, for ID meets um, where, you know, just be like, two, we just get two people together and they just talk shit. So I put Mikey and Tyler together and they, it's on ID. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of like a neat thing where I was like, uh, yeah, it was fun. Like went mini golfing and shot the <laughs> shit for a while and like put together. And it's kind of a, after that kind of like, just filming some of the skating stuff for a while with him or whatever. And then uh, just kind of was doing my own thing for a bit, bumping around. Like I moved to this um, little apartment that was next to the strip club in downtown LA called Dames and Games, which had $2 steaks. And like um, it was next to a tra- uh, garbage dump. So it always smelled and there's always like um, people like shootings in the parking lot. And, like, Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> crackhead strippers like pissing on my doorstep and stuff it's nuts um but i was like all right i wanted to like do something that was like i want to make a documentary i was like fuck i, I really want to make something and i i found travis scott for like a while just on the internet and stuff and i had um i i felt like he kind of was bringing in that same it, like energy of like you know like crazy white boy skaters mixed with rap mixed with like this kind of like new uh level of like rock and roll and like slayer yeah. metal mm-hmm. i don't know you know the vibe and 
in a, I had a friend of mine, Kevin Kloeker, who, um, he was, uh, he's a video commissioner at, um, Capitol. I don't know if he's still there, but he was, um, kind of spent some time on working on this documentary with the weekend and Travis was like opening for the weekend. And, um, yeah. me coming down to talk about him and like all that stuff. And, uh, I was, I was like, let's just make like a really fucked up sick, like, like music tour doc. Um, that's kind of like in the same style as like a skate film, um, like for him and just, I don't know, just we'll see what, see what we get really. And he's like, Oh, he's on like the Rihanna tour right now. I was like, we could like go, uh, we go like jump in possibly like I'll try to like call some people. So he did. And next thing you know, we're like, um, they're like, uh, the end of the Rihanna tour. I think it was the anti tour is what it's called. Yeah. Um, so when I was like, sex with me so amazing. Like that album. <laughs> it's pretty sick. I'm a pretty big Rihanna fan, so I like went and just watched the show. Like, so, <laughs> like all right, let's go meet this dude. And so, so I went and uh, filmed and stuff, and like the dressing room stuff. And this was like the most like um, it wasn't like a a quick gel. Like it wasn't like oh we're like filming. So it's kind of like like who the fuck are these guys? Like totally. Right. And I we didn't even know. We're just like. <laughs> I think like uh, to me, I like felt like he had was on the cusp of like a really sick album and like breaking, and I believed in that and thought you need like the proper like visual touch because um, it's easy. I think um, at that time, um, like twenty post twenty fifteen, really with like um, rap music videos and stuff and music documentaries to like get overly aestheticized and like. Um, so like self-serious and stuff yes. and to me it's just like so um you know see-through and just dumb and also i don't think it elevates anyone it doesn't ele- elevate pop culture it doesn't elevate the viewers and elevate like anyone watching it it's just like you know i don't know it seems like very like um shallow and whatever so i i i thought that like you know, I know he felt kind of the same way based off of his music and stuff. It's like, where do you go with that? Cause, you know, he's, so I, 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 I just started filming like as much as possible, but I was, what I was focusing on too was getting like the gonzo journalism side of it. So it's like, what's it like to be a modern day, like rock and roll star who's like, you know, you're, he's known enough to be like opening for the biggest artists, but he's still not like a radio star yet, but it's like, yeah that's the next step for a guy who's touring for weekend at Rihanna, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's just, I wanted to like follow that exact, like what that looks like, that, that like turning point for a person, mm-hmm. like even psychologically. Uh, my favorite um, kind of documentary type person is uh, Hunter S. Thompson, who never made films, but he invented gonzo journalism which is just like injecting yourself into a story and just like showing just like very clear reality but through kind of like the actual kind of like like in a way kind of like a fucked up psychedelic like rock and roll drugged out lens which all that stuff is operating in that's what all the you know everyone's just like kind of on some sort of like level with like um so I'm like super AD. I don't know how to talk about stuff. It's not like mixed. <laughs> um, 
but uh uh but we started we started touring with him and shit and um you know kind of started to like groove and get along this is also my first time like really working with like you know it's a group of like kind of texas rapper guys who are like kind of you know it's like a lifestyle it's like david like migos and all this stuff so it's very uh you know trapaholics exclusive um it's like <laughs> like strip clubs and lean and all sorts of stuff that i hadn't like been necessarily directly exposed to at this point and then um you know next thing we know fall into atlanta and then you know i'm at magic city um you know throwing out once and <laughs> shit like migos are around and, like uh, there's like a lot lot happening and i i was um I was trying to like keep up with the marijuana smoke <laughs> backwoods blunts and like I thought I was like a smoker before but was, was it like a right to pat did you like so when you first like came in and started filming you said you didn't gel and so was it like in the back of your I, mind were I you think just- I wouldn't like gel it was more so like you know it's like just an awkwardness where you're in a green right what yeah, I mean, I mean- so I want to explain just like a green room like when for one of these artists it's like you go in and it's like hopefully there's music playing so it's not like so like quiet and your people like the lackeys eating like chips and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um you know it's just kind of scattered people there's like you know the thirsty chicks in the corner and then there's like you know someone's like nephew and like aunt and uncle are in town or something maybe and then, yeah then like you know some legendary manager from somewhere and then there's uh random like rappers or other artists coming in and out stuff and like yeah just hanging out i can go wherever but these people like it's just you walk in and it's like no you it was just an sometimes or just kind of awkward environments and stuff which is i what i imagine it to be like is a lot like so when i whenever i've shot like weddings is i'll always be like assigned like hey you got to go hang out with the groom and take photos and you like walk in to take photos of the grooms and they're all just kind of looking at you like Hey, and then you're like, don't mind me. I'm just taking photos, but they're like talking about weird shit and like, you know, then like it, but it like, you still feel like you're the fly on the wall, but like the awkward fly on the wall because you like have to get certain photos or whatnot. So it's like, that's like, I just think about you. Certain conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Turn that away. (laughs) Right. Hey, can you stop doing that for five seconds and just pose or, you know, I, it's so it's like when I imagine you being thrown into like, a green room with Travis Scott and like a group of like, you know, like you said, like Texas rappers, I imagine it to be so funny. Like, I wish I could have been there filming you filming them. It was, I, I, like, can't, I can't really imagine what I was looking like, but it was like, really like <laughs> so was it like, mostly like they were like, you smoke weed and you're like, yeah, of course. And then you just started like keeping up with them. Kind of in a way, like I, I like, you know, I'm like someone who like definitely like drinks and smokes on the job. And I like, I haven't even put in my contract in some some things I've like since slowed down. I've like, right. uh, You've had your years. I had my years, but like, I, you know, I, the whole back, the whole backwoods, like just backwoods bloods period. Just, uh, you know, if you're not like smoking frequently, like if you smoke, like, like a quarter of one of those like you know you'll be like glued to the couch like yeah well so 
before I was straight edge, I used to smoke the backwoods. Yeah. <laughs> not not blunts, but I would just smoke the actual backwoods. I don't remember <laughs> if you were if you were ever there for that, but that was like over- stealing cigars from your dad and shit. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it was like I remember smoking like three backwoods and thinking I was so so cool because it's like this like disgusting looking like wrapped up cigar thing and then oh my god jesus christ so but uh well that tour Once how I, long, you what well, with that but like i guess just to like 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 bring it all back in to a cohesive storyline just talking about smoking pot right now um uh my bad I'm like so add bro um but uh what i mean by that like it, like doing like gonzo journalism and like that style documentary stuff like whoever i'm with and whatever i'm documenting it's like if i'm with the skate crew i'm gonna like skate every day and like just kind of do whatever they're doing because like right, yeah understand but also too it's like i just it, i enjoy those lifestyles it's shit so like when i got found myself onto like this tour i was like oh it's like blunts like lean whatever i'm like i just want to understand the mind of like a trap rapper <laughs> you know so i you know was living on that tour bus like pretty soon after mm-hmm. and then out of like hotel rooms and shit like kind of like just living that lifestyle like at the strip clubs just like filming stuff along the way so if you watch like la flame which is the name of the the documentary it's uh it's really just like a 20 the the whole product of this um tour that i did was like my first what i consider my first film i've ever made really like a real film right. mm-hmm. um it's called the flame for birds in the trap sing brian mcknight album and uh it's really just like a voyeur- voyeuristic like fly on the wall just like little quick glimpses like it's er- edited pretty erratically where you just kind of well, like bouncing through all these different situations where like how the fuck does that happen he doesn't have like a preface before or after but you're just like all the little situations that um a guy on the cusp of being you know a number Huge. one artist like falls and f- like finds himself in and stuff. Yeah. And usually it's like, you know, if you listen to his music, he's pretty, dis- you know, describes it pretty well, or you're just like, you're just kind of falling through like life. And in that way, like, I think that tour was like where I kind of started, like doing the it, same, like it kind of, you know, falling into that trap a little bit of just mm-hmm. like, life is a vortex where it's like oh like you're just, i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm here I'm here how the fuck do you hear like how and every morning you wake up you're like any place like what the fuck's going on but like you know the artwork in your head or like the um like the whole your whole thing starts to feel cohesive in a way it's strange yeah. that once you get lost in that vortex you actually kind of unlock um an understanding of like the greater whole of like what you're kind of creating and what you're creating actually becomes more natural because you don't really know what's going on most of the time so whatever you're doing is just like you so in that way you're kind of like making the most real stuff even if it's not like the most you know heartwarming or like soul yeah. but i feel like i mean you're editing it's kind of funny because i remember when that came out and i watched it immediately it's like that editing is exactly like how i've done it and like with all my you know i did all the von wolf episodes or whatever and it was like it started out as me doing the same thing as like you're quick cutting and like you're just basically like trying to throw things together. And I know obviously you had like a way bigger, grander scheme of it. But for me, it was like I didn't know how to edit. So that's how I edited because I just had 
all this really funny footage I just wanted to put together and kind of just like tell the story of like a weekender or something. But now it's like after watching so many of these influencers and like people that like tour or do the same thing, it's like these like overproduced 15 second videos of like this tour is happening like and it's like flashy and it's great. And it's like the, you know, the value of it is great. And like, you know, that's a product for a certain crowd, but it's like, I remember having someone come up to me or like seeing like, and this isn't blowing smoke up my own ass. It's just like, I remember specifically kids who had watched my, my videos, they were starting to make videos and they were starting to do the same thing where it's just like quick cutting, no real context, just getting a story out there. And it's like, and now like I just finished like my first like cinematic reel because I'm trying to do like freelance work. And like, I found myself like I wanted to start doing it in like the sense of like these influencers and making this like flashy thing with crazy transitions. And then like, I had the product done and I was like, this isn't what I do and this isn't who I am. And it's like, I don't want to be hired to do something I don't want to do. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's why when I saw La Flame, I was like, oh, this is awesome because this is exactly how I think it should be because it's quick and to the point and you're like, you're instantly telling the story and it's like, you don't need to know much context of just like, this is how it is to be on a bus with a group of Texas rappers. It's just flash, flash, flash. It's happening right in front of you. There's like nothing you can do. And it's just, you're watching it and like, you're watching it unroll in front of you or like unravel. And so I was like, really, I was like so stoked. Cause I was like, I don't know anyone who's done this in like, quote unquote, the mainstream or like there are, there are a lot of people who do that style of like editing or filmmaking. And I'm like, I'm always so happy. Cause I'm like, I'm glad that I'm not like this weird person that like, thinks my videos are shit because I do like this like quick cut editing that seems lazy. Like it seems like I'm just going in there and throwing in clips to get a product done and push it out. But it's like, no, I don't want to do like these like weird flashy things. And it's funny because I was talking to my other friend, my friend Josiah, who will be on this. He's a cinematographer too, but he does like commercials and things like crazy shoots. I, I went to one of his art shows when I was like 15 in Tavares <laughs> with like Zach Smith or something. Wait, Josiah <laughs> Sampson? Yeah, like a no time. way. Yeah, dude, that's what, so what funny. He's, he's sick. He's he's a DP. He opened up his um. He's doing his own uh creative like production house. Fuck yeah! And he's in South Florida. He just opened his like. He has like a whole office. But yeah, I was talking to him about it because I showed him my reel because I wanted I wanted like honest feedback because it's the only time I've ever sat down and like edited something for real like and tried to put it out there to sell myself. And I asked him, and he was like, dude. He's like, this is great because it's telling. And I was like, it's not like too quick or anything. He's like, no, he's like, I think it's great. And so when I got that, I was like, okay. So it like, you know, I feel like everyone has like that, like weird sense that like you think something is so much better than it actually is. And I've always been kind of weird about that because I'm not a great editor. And then I finally got Premiere Pro like a couple, like two or three years ago and have been like, you know, Taylor, Taylor, like, or just messing around with it. And now that I'm like, starting to catch my footing. I'm like, this is what I want to do. If I'm going to start making videos is like, I'm going to keep this style because I'm not falling in line with everyone else that does it. So what are you, what are you shooting on? these? I, I got a Sony a7S II. Oh, nice. That's I, I, yeah, to, dude, it's, it's amazing. That's what I shot all my, um, I'll have to send you the reel. I didn't send it to you because I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to post it at first, but I ended up putting it up on the website. So I, cause I was just finally like super happy with it. And I was like, you know what? This is great. And I did. I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah, so I back to something in response to what you're saying though about that the nature of like quick cutting and that kind of stuff and like to 
to me, I think that that, you know, one, what I'll say is I'm glad that that was your like takeaway from that film because, um, everything I do like is hundred percent just for us and friends or like, like-minded people or whatever who like can, you know, find yourself enjoying like stuff from the mainstream, but like, you know, you need to, I don't know, just to like make, take the fuck my whole, you know, in my head at the time, you know, with uh, some of those projects was like, well, you know, if I'm going to work with some of those types of people that I'm going to like inject, you know, radical skater type filming stuff or like this or like you know og like scene kid hardcore show like orlando 2010 yeah. vibe like into it because yeah. to me that's like where uh that's where all the magic happens at least for me but it's also just like i hope for like the the viewer like whoever the fuck's getting into it to you know realize that it's not like all these like glamorous things about these tours and these artists it's like they're like as miserable or like confused or like falling through shit as like anyone else they're like holy fuck what the fuck is going on like right we're wobbling around like oh fuck yeah like you know and like to me that's where the fucking beauty comes into these tours and these moments it's like it's those it's those quick cuts yeah you're think about how our memory works it works in like if you think about something as a whole okay you think about your relationship with someone you know you think about you know my brain kind of sees it in like all these different quick cuts but those quick cuts create this like ultimately even clearer picture of Mm -hmm. the relationship than if i was to try to explain or like fake it um a whole scene or describe what something is and in that way like um you know you can see like just by like some tour moments with an artist like whoa it's like this is actually like what's up and in that way like his um i think that that fit into his album really well mm-hmm. and much because the whole birds in the trap seeing brian mcknight album which is like his first number one is really all about that kind of tour lifestyle and also the emptiness of it in a certain mm-hmm. way and how it all like starts to feel played out and like yeah. you know like there's only so many nights of like having like strippers twerk on your face with like endless fountains of like lean and like kush smoke before you're like like fuck like i miss my grandma <laughs> like like i just want to like i just want to sleep for a week and like yeah has to be nice you know wouldn't be in a nice relationship or uh, i don't know it's like that's not necessarily what i'm making certain leaps here but I, I will say that like I don't know that that you know that kind of jump cutting thing is something that I think is uh it, it's in all my favorite films too mm-hmm. it's like you know anyone any artist that like I really appreciate like my favorite where I draw a lot of in, like inspiration from is uh like the Dog Me 9-5 films, which are, it was, this was a pact created by like Lars Lars Montrier and like Harmony Corinne and this group of rogue directors in like the 1990s where, you know, they made this group of films that was, um, every single shot has to be like, everything has to be like digital, all audio has to be natural, there can't be any faked violence, every scene has to be improvised basically, but you can set up the settings for it and, um, 
you know, it all needs to be like to a degree, like like real, even though it's like dramatized. I don't know. I I, I like those guys a lot too, and mm-hmm. like so I feel like my like at this point this point where like I maybe was like in this position to like make this tour film was kind of just drawing from like that kind of stuff um a little bit of like gonzo journalism style and then just like just the kind of shit that like you know we'd make or you'd make just you know kicking around with like the homies and stuff and like what like how yeah exactly are made you know it's just this collage of just like madness that i feel like creates like a an actual real picture of like what Mm -hmm. it looks like which is it's what is life like it's like fucking most of the time like we're all bored looking around like what the what the fuck to do you know and like um you know it's those moments where you like have something entertaining happen and you're like holy fuck yeah (laughs) so if you make you know to me i think that just seems like the most natural way to make something is like where you just have those like little clips of those moments like coming to fruition you can like create like an entire I don't know. I'm fucking saying the same thing over and over again, you know. But yeah. Well, yeah. So Travis, this Travis Scott thing happened, and then everything from there. You started up um, Glory Hole, yeah. That's where my life started to really go downhill fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I um I came out. I I got like you know the the film came out and it did well. Um, on that like that wouldn't have been possible without like a few people like um Eli Linnitz um from Kanye camp and um White Trash Tyler who ended up he submitted some footage for La Flame that he ended up going on to make the Netflix documentary and stuff oh that's awesome yeah I was about to ask about that too I've actually met him in person like once or so but kind of he's a really nice dude fucking Mm -hmm. wish the best (laughs) yeah. <laughs> um but yeah just get that came out alongside the uh the album and kind of kick things into gear and stuff i you know with the career a little bit you know but i was kind of sitting around like well you know what do i want to do do now i kind of like iced out for a little while i was mm-hmm. um i was i was married at the time um i'm a divorcee now basically <laughs> i just kind of like hung out for a minute and like uh to be honest like with that film like i had spent so much fucking time on it and like mm-hmm. kind of like ripped myself to shreds while making it like and just got myself really just kind of a little too far out to like have normal conversations with people and shit like i was just kind of like just being i don't know i was just like really fucked up but um just high and stuff a lot and I just, so I kind of iced out for a minute. I was like, all right, what? Well, I need to like chill out. And then, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know. dude, I'm like, I'm, ba- I'm a bad interviewee. Um, uh, but, uh, let's see. You know, I was, so after, after all that came out, I was kind of, I was hanging out, just trying to figure out what to do. So I was kind of like knocking on a few different doors, like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, uh, you know, just different people who I knew. I was like, just trying to think about what a new next project would be. But I was also like, you know, I want to like um, try my hand in like music video directing and some things that would actually like make it so I could like have a, like a livable wage to like yeah. eat and like live a life. Just have know? a job. Yeah. Pay my fucking rent to be honest. Shit's expensive. Um, but uh, I got this, uh, 
this the, uh, I got hit up by uh, Calvin Harris's camp, and uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he's Calvin Harris. He, he does these Vegas residencies where he'll um, sign a contract where he'll like, I'll be in Vegas every weekend. Uh, Friday night, Hakkasan or Omnia, which is at MGM or Caesars. And then Saturday morning, Wet Republic, which is at MGM. It's like a pool party during the daytime. Yeah. So that's his whole grind where he'll come in. Fucking walk out with big duffels. Um, I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do a Vegas run. So I, uh, you know, I, I head in to Vegas and, um, do my first shows with him. It was interesting. You know, I get put up, at, you, you fly in, you get, you go to uh, MGM or Caesars and then I'd have like a room with like a little uh, fucking chocolate fountain, chocolate fountain. The whole thing was that it, it was a weird job to have because, um, you know, so my whole, my whole gig with Calvin Harris was you could do Vegas shows every weekend and I would, uh, I would go in, the shows would start at like 2 a.m. Jesus. So I'd have to like, you know, wait till like 2 a.m. and then walk down through all these, like this series of back back doors and stuff and like Caesar's Palace and um, uh, MGM. And uh, it's a pretty funny time in my life because you get to, you start to know, get to know all the like people who run these like, crazy cd vegas joints and stuff right and right yeah all the back like secret hallways of these places and stuff so it was pretty funny i was just kind of i was just running around with my camera in vegas for like this whole stint probably was about six months long oh wow i didn't know it was, I, it was cool because i you know i'd go and you know i was doing some creative directing work for him and um ended up going on to like make a couple of the music videos and work on some of the other music videos and stuff so that was kind of like one of the things involved with that but it's cool because i'd go in and you know film the show from like 2 to three thirty. it's a bunch of lunatics like losing their minds on molly in the audience and stuff and uh it's pretty funny to just be in vegas because like people go to vegas to like just be like like who they actually like want to be when they get drunk you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> who they think they are when they're drunk and it's uh, it's it's like, such a funny environment to like film in because like you can't zoom in on anything because it's all like people like just just it's out of their minds and stuff <laughs> um so i love that shit but um that was it was fun calvin calvin's like this like literally the hands down the nicest person i've ever worked with like ever it's just like just a sweet dude he you know he bumps edm all night like for a living at these clubs and stuff um besides it's like his um hits and his music career and stuff but he's just like the most zen guy ever and he just only drinks his electrolyte drinks and <laughs> just cools never raises his voice he's, he's always good and i actually learned a lot from that guy like mm-hmm. i just if you want to like start to like not being some sort of like chill out a little bit you no know, freak freak on tour and uh but it was cool i, I would make like these uh 30 second to like minute long like instagram things for every show he'd do only about like half a quarter of them would ever get posted <laughs> it's like a weird job because not I, a bad job every, then 
most just kind of wing it made were going into a trash can of some sort someone <laughs> <laughs> so it was like hard to take it seriously sometimes but it was overall like a cool experience until like um yeah no it was cool and the the wet republic shows were uh those were the pool parties those were pretty funny so um, you know it's like a pool that's like three feet deep and you've got right. like a thousand people in it yeah but you know Imagine that during coronavirus times, you know. Oh my God, Jesus! That's 110 degrees and 120 degree weather outside. That's just everyone's pissing in, pissing, throwing up, relations, and touching each other. I've seen intercourse happening in these pools. (laughs) I mean, Um, I wouldn't be surprised though. Seeing that would be the least shocking thing I think I could see. Well, that you know that music makes you want to gyrate. I guess you know. I'm trying to rip my clothes off. Did he ever play Sandstorm? He maybe at some point. <laughs> he actually he, he hit a, like a serious um during my time with them, he hit a serious like 90s throwback phase. He made this one um we made this one music video together. It's called again. Yeah, I was gonna say you need to make like a um I know we were talking about doing a music playlist, but you need to make like a video playlist of all the stuff that you've done so I can put it up with this. What did you shoot La Flame on? Um, it was a mixture of the five or sorry, the yeah, Canon Mark five D Mark III. Oh wow. Um uh a red camera for part of it, um super eight camera, um VHS. I'm like the type of filmer that like tries um, everything. Yeah, well I just said I like I like collecting cameras and like building cameras and um so sometimes I'll like you know, I, I usually on most every video I, I make, I use either some form of like mixed formats, mixed formats. So, you know, I'll shoot on like more recently, I've been shooting on like 16 millimeter. Oh, wow. Uh, I've, yeah. Canix, Canon Scoopic M is what it's called. Um, actually, let me put that in there. I like names of my, my rigs, but I, it's a, it's a 16 millimeter camera that was made uh, for like Vietnam action. So okay. it's the only one of the only portable like run and gun sixteen millimeter cameras. So you get all the um, flash or quality of like a an Ari um, like Alexa sixteen millimeter in some ways, mm-hmm. but it's a little grittier. So it's like that had a baby with the Super Eight. Wow. Uh, so it's a it's a cool look. Um, yeah, we'll have to next time I come to New Smyrna one. We'll yeah, the, the rigs. Um, um, but with Calvin Harris, the music video that like shot a bunch of first was um, out of all the Vegas stuff was he kind of fell into kind of doing some like 90s throwback, like wavy style stuff. So there's one called No Ready, No Ready, which is just all like, um, it's like, uh, it's all like layered on top of each other, kind of like psychedelic, like, mm-hmm. like ecstasy warehouse style new york stuff so like that this was a cool one because i got to um like hang out of a helicopter with like a handy cam and stuff which i think is cool because i'm probably the only person to ever do that <laughs> in new york city like going through this like um skyscrapers and stuff so that's that awesome um yeah we i ended up working on i mean i made a 
the a one kiss like lyric video which was that has like 101 million views which was pretty funny like i just spent the budget on that with like a couple friends we went to death valley mm-hmm. and uh did uh we just like ran around all these hot springs and stuff and the whole song just felt like making out basically so just all was like making out <laughs> the whole music video yeah i just put the camera on a tripod and just would like just be in the desert like i don't know I think we were eating like chocolate mushrooms and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's funny. And uh, then I, I uh, took the video that we made with that and um, burned it to a DVD. And then I took a TV, a box TV down to yeah, the okay. house where I lived. Mm-hmm. And I played it off of that box TV and then filmed the TV by the river. I don't know. It's like an extra layer or something for it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Oh, fun one. And then I ended up making, um, uh, he did a song with Sam Smith pretty soon after called Promises, where I made this like kind of karaoke video for it. Um, that was fun. This was the first time I like, like started, um, I got to shoot, there's a main music video for that. That was like directed by a different guy kind of, but um i got to like shoot my own video while that was going on for this karaoke video mm-hmm. where i had to shoot on um like a big 16 millimeter rig for the first time like film oh. which like well this is cool and had this whole um cast of like voguing dancers so for the video it was like the whole concept is like bringing all these like um you know new york city like voguers like guys that's that, so awesome not to do all that Wild stuff like Paris is Burning is a great documentary if you're mm-hmm. interested in that. And um, so I had to film on that and then some VHS on that. And I um, I like this video, my, the edit on this video a lot. It's called Promises. And um, it's cool. That one, like, it's cool. All the videos I made for him that went on his YouTube uh, were, like, number one um, on Earth for, like, a couple of days on YouTube. That's so awesome. I have a neat, like, little invisible merit to have on my chest, I guess. Good for the resume. Yeah, I guess you'd think so. But um, yeah, after, you know, I, I kind of out of the Calvin Harris stuff, um, you know, it just kind of ran its course a little bit where mm-hmm. actually, you know, before I go into that, that that was really sweet because I working with him because I, I got to go to Singapore and shoot like the Grand Prix and um, I got to go to Japan for the first time so that was really cool so I got to go to like Shibuya and um, skate through Japan and stuff that's why like you know no matter what's where I've been or who I've been touring with or what's been going on like I've been able to like one of the things with that is I was wherever I'm at, I always make sure I like, give myself enough me time to like go skateboard and explore, check the, check the place out a little bit. So it's like, it's well, yeah, cause I, I feel like that's what uh, something is a huge misconception with touring is like, I feel like people think that they see a tour and people will are like, wow, they get to just like see the world, but it's like, depending on routing or like, or how the routes are and how the drives are is like sometimes you're literally going from one show and then you're waking up at the next show and that's it you're off the bus or off the van or whatever that's like 90 percent of the time yeah really it's like like it's uh you really just don't even get to see yeah too much sometimes you have to like really be you have to really force it to happen and you have to annoy the shit out of the people you're working with to like be able to like have 
go see Utah. shit. Yeah. Well, see yeah, I mean, this... like, or like Japan or something like that. I was like, literally, like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. That's like if I ever got to go to Australia, I would have to be like, look, I'm, I have to, you know, see stuff while I'm here. Um, I was gonna say because we've been talking for almost an hour, almost two yeah, I'm hours. Sorry. Here to edit, possibly. You what? I said, I'm sorry, this might be like really difficult to edit for you. Uh, no, it's fine. I, I haven't, you know, I have downtime, but I want to just um, touch on like a, the last couple things is I want to hear what, I know you've like told a couple really crazy stories, but what's been like by far the craziest experience that you've had touring, like related to touring? Oh God, that's hundred percent. Um uh happened on the travis scott tour i was gonna this is what i was gonna ask is it gonna be you taking the arrest record yes yeah (laughs) i was on the i was on the private jet and we were like flying up i think like one of the migos maybe was even on the plane or something Uh we're flying from uh los angeles to like or was it so like either british columbia and canada or like montreal i think it's montreal actually Mm-hmm. or one of the spots and uh we we get in and as we're like landing like we see security down on the ground and then like they all have like a ton of weed on them and shit mm-hmm. um but you can usually just fly with weed on private jets and shit and like that people don't fuck with you, you just kind of like roll in and out and there's just like this unspoken thing among like rich people i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah you uh they, they're like we land and then one of them's like, "Oh shit!" Like, Metro Metro Boomin like got a charge here last week for like having weed on him and shit. And I'm like, "What?" And I started laughing. I was just filming. And I'm just like, "This is funny." Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not implicated in it. I'm like, "This is like, uh, you know." And I'm like newer to the crew too. Like, I'm right. still like how many how many days into it were you on? Uh, this was maybe like my second or third real trip with them like oh, okay okay like, yeah there's a period of time where like right after that i was just with them after this moment i was just with them for like a couple months this is and this is probably what did it they were probably like, all right he's he's yeah, cool like, keep like, on the bus. Probably, like know me really yet or that. i was kind of like the weird like skinny white kid that was like just yeah. hiding in the corner <laughs> like stoned but uh yeah they um they're looking around like, oh shit, like Metro got a charge like last week, whatever. And then they're like looking around the plane, like we got like they're all put putting together their stashes and stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, they're like, you know, they're like, you know, who who who, who can take this? Who can take this? Who can take this? And then they're they like look at me like, they're like, look, that's the only little white boy on the plane. It's the only little white boy. And I'm like, okay. Oh, 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 so God. it wasn't even like a volunteer thing. It was just kind of like, no, a... God, no. no I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I could have just said no, but like, I don't know. When you're when you get thrust into a position like that, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so they they like uh, they're like, yeah, you got a record or anything? And I was like, I don't know. I think maybe like back in Florida or something, but yeah. probably like nothing crazy. And then um they all like all right, all right so they all mob me and then they hand me stuff so like here put in your underpants put in your pants i'm like all right fuck it and then like you know travis gave me the nod of approval i'm like well you know shit we gotta make this film happen somehow <laughs> so like stuffing all this like cushion my underpants right under my johnson and then one of them goes no no no, no, no. you don't need to put in your 
by your dick and die. <laughs> I wish I had this part on camera. Yeah, <laughs> you should have kept it rolling, man. Um, but uh, but they're like, no, no, just what you do is grab here. Where's your bag? Your backpack? And like, he's like, here, take it. He grabs it off for me. He's like, you put it in a sock, and then you put it in your backpack. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems less sketchy. Just like put it by my nutsack, dude. Like, right. It's like you know what that shit's thinking. I was like, all right, all right. Like I washed my balls this morning, dude. It's fine. Like, it's it. fine. So then you know, here we are, we're getting off the plane, and then and I right when we're walking down, there's like five guards. They're expecting this crew because of the whole Metro Boomin thing. They're like, yeah, no, there's Canada didn't want people like running drugs through the airport. I guess it's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we walk in, and I see that there's like. I'm the last in line and everyone in front of me is getting patted down completely. Their right. backpacks like open, ripped apart and like dogs and their stuff. And I'm sitting there and I have to count down for like literally 20 minutes. Like I'm about to get busted. Right. And there's no, you know, Cause I can't go out the back door. There's a guard and I can't go anywhere else. So I'm just standing there just knowing that I'm about to get Again, busted. Right. You're literally about to get arrested in a different country. Yeah, and I just didn't know, like, I was just thinking, trying to think of everything, like, what, can I, like, can I, should I shit my pants so they can, like, smell it, and I go to the bathroom, and, like, like, oh, my God, I shit myself, like, I was thinking about everything, and then I was, like, literally sat, stood there trying to shit my pants as hard as I could, I was, like, <sighs> to the point where, like, it drives the manager in front of me, and they probably, like, nudge me, like, yo, bro, are you okay, and your face is calmed down, I'm, like, <laughs> trust me trust me um but we we like you know finally it's my turn i wasn't able to shit or piss myself unfortunately and uh you know they go through my stuff and they just find like the whole treasure of you know that night's um you know party favors and right. you know right away they cuff me and they have a jail cell at every airport i guess so they put me in the airport jail cell and uh they're holding the whole the whole gang of the whole crew is like um i can see them right out my like little cell window and they're all trying to talk the guards into and stuff and because we have we're already late for a a festival show is rolling loud festival yeah 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 so there's like that's got a festival like that's like a lot of moving parts like you're like an hour late for that you're just sets just like cooked you're like done and uh um finally after a while arguing like i just like start like pounding on the thing and i'm like hey like, listen to me and then like i was like all right i gotta deliver some sort of speech here and the yeah guard opened the door a little bit and, and i was like can i please state my case here and i was just like i was like all right these i'm like listen there's like a like 20,000 kids that are like at your park down the street that are like providing for your local economy here for you know a newer festival and this is like one of the headlining artists and you're going to be known as the airport that ruined this famous rapper's performance for all of them that you know they're going to trash you they're going to trash the local authorities you know, it's a, it's some weed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fucking flush it. It's fine. You, do you think, did you not know that 
you know, musicians smoke weed. Oh, you did know that? Okay, so it's like not a big surprise. You think they're selling it? No, it's like enough for this group of people to get high, barely. And um, I'm like, listen, keep me here as long as you fucking want. Go let them, you know, deliver the goods to, you know, this, you know, big group of your community or people who've come from far to see or whatever. And then like the guards actually were like, God damn it, kid. <laughs> your American, your American, your American ways really got to us. This time. American, yeah. Oh, you fuck. Yeah. That's what they said. You fucking Americans. <laughs> your speeches. <laughs> and, uh, and then they they let him go and stuff. And then I thought I was gonna be there for a while. But they ended up like letting me out. Like they like they were already about to leave, and they like let me out. They're like, all right, go catch up with them. You go, you crazy little American fucker. So then I ran out, like leaped into the van. It was like a triumphant moment, and I was like, you know, one of the team at that yeah. point. You know, and they're like, oh shit, this kid is fucking crazy. All right, all right it's on. And then it was, it was funny that the show is cool and uh, like halfway through the show like i'm out in the back of the crowd filming and travis is like i think he's like performing like antidote or like something like that and uh and uh he's like oh no 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 you know like um so we were just at the private airport right and they caught my motherfucker named Tucker with some weed right? and then he's just like you know um we told him we got to deliver the magic to you kids out here. And then, uh, you know, uh, I what this fuck he said. And then he's like, those beautiful motherfuckers, the Vancouver motherfucking airport. Let my man Tucker go. So yeah. make some noise. Tucker, get up here. And I'm like, fuck, I'm so far. And I like run up. Yeah. To stage. Yeah. I remember you're jumping around saying that's, that's the sound clip I'm literally putting in the intro for this video. Just so well, you know, this is this interview. Shit. I was like pretty like, like i don't know that was my first time just being like up on the stage like looking out like that many like people that are like ah. yeah just a couple kids yeah so i didn't know what to do so i was like <laughs> <laughs> you just let out the biggest dab you possibly could in front yeah, of yeah how, how many people were there was there like it looked like a tw- what 20 20k it was like twenty thousand or whatever and then jumped in the jumped in the um after I hit my enormous dab, Travis like, yo, just jump in the crowd, bro. <laughs> yeah, dance. dude, it was so awesome. Was okay. And yeah, that was, that was the story of that. That was funny. Yeah. And after that, kind of like we had a toured with them for like a couple months. And, yeah. Uh, you took one for the team, man. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, you, you know what? Every time I go to fucking Canada now. And it comes they, up. Um, well, yeah, I got cavity searched my my first time going back there solo. I was flying in because I had a my girlfriend at the time was like working up there, so I I flew in and next thing you know I'm like in a room and they literally my pants are at my ankle and I'm like doing the bend over cough thing and stuff. Oh wow! So violated my life. But after that, when I came in, I as I was walking through security and I knew they were about to do it, like I had the the film pulled up on my phone and I just like quick play. I'm like, listen, like I know what it's saying right now to you. This is what it was for. Can you please just not look up my, my asshole? Like just right. please. last time I was here, you guys looked into my asshole. Can you not do it this time? Please. And then they started laughing so hard that they like, let me through. So I have to do that every time I go into Canada, I like have to do this whole, like, Oh uh, man, that's going to be great for your first family vacation. <laughs> when you have a kid <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> Timmy, close your ears. Yeah. <laughs> like, Can y'all look up my asshole? <laughs> Timmy, daddy has to go into the special room now. It's all, it was all for a joke way back when. <laughs> well, I think that's a good note to somewhat start closing out on. So, um, what, uh, so what, what projects you got going on? You're just home, huh? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really kind of quit my, my tour game a little bit after Calvin Harris stuff. I kind of just was like, you know, you kind of hit, hit a wall a little bit where, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, you know, I, 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 I've been working on like a couple of films and stuff that are like road trip films um, that I've made with friends that are like more narrative. And uh, I have a music video coming out pretty soon that I made with um, uh, one of my favorite bands called The Black Lips for their song Gentlemen, mm-hmm. which is sick. Um, they're like this band out of Atlanta that are a really a uh, radical group of uh, freaks. And yeah, there's silly i like them a lot they kind of made this uh uh they kind of made like stuff like th- their earlier stuff's kind of more like the cramp like the cramps and stuff kind of like yeah. swamp punk um it's really cool but this new album they made is like has a lot of uh like country tones in it and stuff and like slide guitar and kind of very experimental in that way but um it's on an album called uh um sing for a world that's falling apart it's really cool um the lead singer and um um his uh girlfriend who's in the band zoomy and cole are like really fucking mm-hmm. funny rad people um but yeah i made a music video that i think is like the best definitely the only music video i've ever made that i've liked that i've made uh and i made that with the goddess bunny um and uh should look up her on the internet she's awesome and then this uh this guy who lives full-time as a joker impersonator on hollywood boulevard who yeah. um so the main projects that i have like coming out eventually once i like you know right now i've been just um just icing out in florida like i live down at like by a national park and work on kayaks and like getting my captain's license and stuff but i shot this film um for over two years with this homeless joker impersonator that kind of documents the um, flood of fentanyl that hit the streets in um hollywood and just in the world in general but all through the lens of this joker character who mm-hmm. is a fail has a failed um like hollywood stand-up comedy career and ended up on the streets and stuff so you get to like learn about the back alleyways of you know the pop culture powerhouse it is in Hollywood um through this film so I think that'll be like I don't know I need I've kind of taken a step away because it felt like um I mean that's a heavy subject to deal with it's a heavy subject and it felt like right now especially like um just to give it some time while you know the pandemic and stuff's going on because I don't want to like try to jam something out that has to do with the homeless epidemic and the opioid epidemic and it go under the radar during um all the virus pandemonium um but yeah i've got those things coming out but other than that i haven't really picked up my camera in like a few months really um it's been nice it's been the first time since i was like 15 that i like the long time gone without picking one up it's been i think it's a good time to like 
reflect and stuff. This is this conversation is actually the first time I've like um, even talked about like any of that, any of that stuff that I've talked about like in years, and like I don't know, it's interesting time while we're all stuck at home to like fucking. Well, yeah, I mean that's why I started up is not only to kind of like check in on my friends, but. Also, I mean, it's a good time to reflect on stuff when you, especially when you don't have the luxury of like being able to just get up and drive around or whatnot. It's, it's fun to like reflect on it and also take it into serious light to realize that like you got to accomplish so much and, you know, it also like for you, it helps you kind of like stay grounded and understand that like you create a lot and you get some time to yourself and that's okay. You know, I'm trying to personally not be like too melodramatic and all that kind of stuff but it has been like it's been an interesting process like trying to like not be on the crazy train which i think like the tour stuff you know since that's kind of the main theme of like you know you're showing like what we talk about and everything is this tour stuff but it's you know it's this is the first moment in my life uh, my adult life where i'm not um on some sort of like crazy train travel bender like trying mm-hmm. to make stuff with you know these like intense personalities and people or whatever i can like you know i don't know just kind of hang out with people that you grew up with yeah and just just ice out and figure out like what i want to do for the next 25 because it's i don't think it's going to be touring for me although i've got like you know my battle scars and some good stories and a couple whatever i don't you know i I think that the next 25, I want to spend it making, um, making films and spending time like on the water. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, but um, I do want, I'm going to actually like say this here to you now, because I, I want to like make sure that I do this, <laughs> but I, I wrote this uh, film the past um, couple months uh, about, you know, um, a freight train hopping like kids. So I, I met this group of freight train hoppers and stuff. So I'm going to shoot mm-hmm. this like um, film um, kind of Im- like with improv a little bit, but like sh- I'm shooting this film uh, where I'm going to start hopping freight train hopping for like a few months as soon as things clear up a little bit mm-hmm. and then take that to New Orleans and uh, follow, follow that around. So that's going to be kind of my next project that I like go and film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to yeah, start jumping trains soon. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> Straight up guerrilla filmmaking right there, if I yeah. ever seen one. I'm, I'm excited to do that. I'm like, I, I, I think uh, I'm done with um, like pop culture um, or like working with like musicians and people for like, um, that aren't my friends, just directly my friends for a while. For a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've done, yeah. dude, you've done huge ones. I mean, you got to be on the banger store and like, Travis Scott. I feel like that's like, and I mean, Calvin Harris, you've kind of hit like every single world. I feel like, you know, if you had the experience you did, like you can chill out now and do your own thing. I hope so. It's, you think, you think that with that, some of those resumes that you could get um, solid jobs, but things are tough all over. Point blank. Like it's Believe like, me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like it shit is like, slim slim pickings um right now it's, it's a hard industry to break into um especially like right now um but it's it's possible and stuff i think um one of the coolest things about at least 2020s advancement in technology and stuff with like tiktok and mm-hmm. whatnot is that you are 
more than ever able to create, um, you know, it's more about just the person and uh, the artist and it being homemade and stuff, which has always been my dream, which has always been the, the, the parasite I've tried to inject into pop culture is like, this isn't that fucking like, yeah. like next level. Like, you know, we all are capable of making, you know, this, this stuff and like, just do mm-hmm. it. And that, that, that's the main thing. You just, just gotta go do it. Just do it. You got a phone, you've got a garage band, you've got, you know, and you, you're passionate about it, you know, just do it and uh, see what shakes out with it, you know, cause um, you know, any of the people that I've worked with or have named have all to a degree just done that themselves. And the, the industry is rapidly changing. Um, um, and then the way that we ingest media is rapidly changing and the way that we um, are able to share is also changing like complete, like nonstop. So I don't know, just, I don't really know if that's like a good speech, but it's, I don't know. It, it just seems like more doable than ever. And, you know, the, my, I think my final statement here with, you know, whatever the hell it is that I've like done, it's for whatever it's worth. My original goal at, you know, you know, I would say my career span from like 2012 to like 2020. Mm-hmm. And my original goal um, was to make, you know, take um, the exclusivity out of, you know, being able to work with these bigger artists and tour and film and like make music videos and whatnot and make it more like user friendly so that like it could be in the hands of more people and young people who should have it, not in the hands of like these older people sit around tables and like try to make decisions on like what an artist should do or what their thing should look like. It should just be in the hands of us. And I feel like lucky with my career that I happen to be in the right place at the right time with, I will attribute a lot of that to DSLR video technology, mm-hmm. which we came up with where, you know, that kind of made, I don't know, it like easier possible. But now, you know, I look at what you're able to make with, I don't know. I think I'm burnt. <laughs> Well, that's fine. Dude, I'm just, I'm a burnout now. I'm just living. <laughs> I mean, we covered, dude, we covered a huge, like, that's a huge amount of stuff to cover. And I know there's like so much to tell, but I feel like we got like the basic, we hit pretty much the big, the big moments of it. But um, yeah, man. Well, I hope, yeah. I hope that when you're like putting it together and shit, that it doesn't feel like too scattered around, you know, and that, you know, that it works for you. And if you need to like call me and get like, anything else i mean we can we could always do an episode too bro yeah we could answer user questions but um yeah man i uh well i want to talk about i don't know if you're sharing sharing the podcast or but i want to talk about um about baby burns what (laughs) (laughs) which which one didn't we do did you didn't you do a baby burns song back in the day that's what (laughs) that's what i mean as with colton the other night and um i don't know we were just shooting the shit or whatever and then we we're talking like you know i was like yeah i was like me and birds are gonna do this interview thing soon but like i'm like 
have Asperger's and I like, I'm having a hard time really just like doing it with him. And he's like, dude, just do it. Just talk for it. Like whatever will be like, it's fine, dude. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I get like nervous to like talk. And I also hate talking about myself like more than anything. Um, but he's just like, dude, just listen, remember, like, just remember the baby bird song. And I was like, Oh my God. So I made the song for you when I was like 14. That was like, he my baby burns. He my yeah. baby burns. You also, off the ground. He ain't gonna squirm because burns ain't a worm. And then it went into this like crazy dubstep song. <laughs> Dude, I I forgot the 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 lyrics to it. I can't believe you remember it. I remember it. It's weird. It's one of those uh, things that'll just never like, leave like, you. Crazy memories that yeah, I didn't hadn't thought about it in like a decade, and then he said it, and immediately I knew every just lyric. Everything to clicked it. back. Yeah, I just. Um, but I, I was hoping that maybe you had that on a CD in your car somewhere. Yeah, or just no, I haven't nowhere. I, yeah, maybe if you find your old Facebook, you might find it, but I think that's it. I might have to remake the song. <laughs> Good. Well, all right, brother. I, um, I'll keep talking to you, but uh, for the sake of the podcast, um, yeah, one love. Tell the people. Wow. All right. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Wayne. I'll see you soon. All right.